This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Townsend right in there. Houghton also making his presence felt. There's his shot. It's a goal for Ireland. And Ray Houghton has made it 1 0. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. You know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh. And he has to. No. Hello and welcome to another World Cup special of Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, World Cup Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And World Cup Michael Marden. Hello. I tried to think something there. The thing is, we've got like a lot of these specials, so we can't have a different intro for Michael every time. <laughs> it's fine. Bearing in mind that we're trying to record a lot of these in the few hour gap that you have from planning your wedding, which is next Saturday, <laughs> or to give it last Saturday, as as this goes out. First I thought, four I thought, game day of the I World thought, Cup. I'm getting I thought it was a shame that she didn't turn up, but, <laughs> but it has allowed us to record more episodes. So what we're doing... Uh, in these World Cup episodes, we're doing a lot of mini episodes where we create our perfect 90s World Cup. We're choosing each element and then we're uh, all going to pitch something. And then on social media, which I don't really like, but heard is big, you guys are going to vote and choose what your favourite one is. And then we will choose our perfect World Cup. Today, Michael, what is our topic? Today, we will be picking our favourite 90s World Cup goalkeepers. Yes. yes. And just to be clear, the word is favourite, not best. We're not picking a dream team. Yeah. We're not going to be arguing over whether Marcel Desailly was caught out of position too much. Yeah, when we say favourite, this is going to be some kind of Frankenstein's monster of a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, please, please don't tweet or email in and go, you know, Zidane should have been in there. So <laughs> we, we know, we're aware of this. Um, we've got, uh, we're overflowing with correspondence as always. So shall we have a quick bit of correspondence? Yes, please. Yeah. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. Do you want an email from Ian Holmes called Terry McDermott? Um, I can't say what it's called because it gives away the um, it gives away what it is. 
Okay, I'll just read this out from Ian Holmes. Hi guys, I was recently introduced to the podcast and having been on a subsequent binge listening to past episodes. As a result, I listened to the reviews of Steve Bruce's crime novel. It reminded me of my own experience with footballers and their books. Last year, I was in Spain for a week for a wedding of a friend. One day, whilst we were lounging casually by the pool, as you do, my eye would... I'm laughing because I love this so much. My eye caught a glimpse of a fellow sunbather who looked familiar. I couldn't quite place where I knew him from, but knew it was somebody. Anyway, before I was able to seek the insight of my friends as to the identity of this mystery sun worshipper, I was put out of my short-lived misery as the answer quickly fell into place when the middle-aged man picked up the book he was reading. Placed across the front of the book was a man with an impressive perm and a notorious moustache. It was Terry McDermott's autobiography. As quickly as Andy Cole would race onto Peter Beardsley through ball, I realised the man reading the book was Terry McDermott himself. <laughs> So good. Uh, we, he has attached a picture of Terry McDermott reading Terry McDermott's autobiography. There it is. I mean, it's incredible. We'll, we'll tweet this out. Yeah. The, the great thing about so Terry good. McDermott reading Terry McDermott's autobiography is you can see Terry McDermott's face, and then on the back of Terry McDermott's autobiography is a picture of Terry McDermott in his pomp. <laughs> it's like, so good. It's, it's a younger Terry McDermott staring back at old uh, Terry McDermott. Is it, is it out, Terry McDermott's autobiography? Can you put that into Amazon? Well, can you see when it came out? My big question is, that must have come out years and years ago. So why is he reading it now? He's reading it in hardback, from what I, I can do, see. Do you know, but I've often thought people get criticised for being caught reading their own autobiographies do on they? holiday. But I always think, if you had a book about your life, and you probably hadn't read it for five years, it would maybe be quite nice for Terry McDermott to go on holiday and go, let me reminisce about my own life by reading my it own It was book. published last year. <laughs> Oh really? So it was near, it was hot off the press. Uh, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. I, part of me was like, this was published in the eighties. <laughs> it's uh, called Living for the Moment, <laughs> but which I mean, if you're reading your own autobiography, you really aren't living for the moment. <laughs> also, that's an awful. T- I don't know enough about Terry McDermott to realise if that's a reference to something. No, that sounds like a really bad motivational book. That's yeah. something like Malcolm Gladwell would publish. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe. He's <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's reading a proof. Yeah. But it wouldn't why, have why are, you ba- why are you bailing out Terry McDermott here? Trying to, <laughs> trying to find excuses. I sense on our next holiday, Josh knows what he's going to be reading. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have seen Terry McDermott reading his own book, hello at quicklykevin.com or any footballers reading their own autobiographies. Right. Shall we get on with choosing our favourite 90s goalkeeper? Yes. yes. Okay, so we're each going to nominate a goalkeeper and then uh, the uh, people at home on Twitter are going to choose their, the best goalkeeper. Now, this is based purely on performances at 1990s World Cups, correct? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Okay, who would like to go first? I'll happily go first. Okay, who's your choice? Now, cast your mind back to the summer of 94. The surprise The worst package. World Cup. <laughs> One of the, the best nets of a World Cup. Best way out. I best think. We'll come I to think that. I'd put Italian 90s. Are we going to come to that? We'll come we to might. That. The deep, can we just, can we can we come to it now? The depth of the net. Let's go. Yeah. Do you think no one had told the Americans how big a goal was? <laughs> but also, do you remember like no stand? There was like poles the coming poles out, come out of the, back. the yeah, kind yeah. of corners of the goals. Nothing better yeah. than down. I'd never seen that before or since, really. You know how like Argos does like shops totally different to yeah. everywhere else, and you're like they've never seen an, another shop. <laughs> it's like the Americans had never seen a goal. Yeah. If that goal had taken off and they'd employed them in the Premier League. They've had to remove the first four rows from that stand at the Dell. 
you know, people sat in the front row getting smashed in the face every time they- <laughs> <laughs> the ball went in the goal taking a Mark Hughes volley right in the face you'd have to take your seat like push the net away and then set the net would come back at your face and you'd essentially be holding it away from you the entire game is it because the pitches were so far from the stands in the American stadiums they, they thought were, they were, what can we do to make it look nearer the playing area but you know yeah, like maybe. when you're a kid like I, I certainly had this like you wanted you'd go over the park you wouldn't have a net and you'd want to hit the ball into a net so much yeah. but the goals at Wembley had the poles kind of in that era before 94 had the poles down in the net yeah, yeah the yeah. classics and you'd, that's the kind of net you'd be used to kicking into yeah. if you had the opportunity but the USA ones Never had the opportunity to kick a ball into a net without oh, any without well, any kind of support. When the ball would go into that, when it struck hard, it did this amazing thing. You know when you see someone in a film jump off a building and land on one of those huge crash mats, yeah, and the way it would break the fall and sort of like slowly fold into itself. Yeah, those, yeah. those nets would almost engulf the ball because they were so loose. That is maybe such a lovely thought, reference. Right. Yeah. Maybe they thought the biggest problem with football is that occasionally the ball bounces out the net and the goal doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone has seen and foreseen the problem in Mark yeah, Hughes we and the need Dell. A goal where the ball simply cannot leave the net. <laughs> and the, the funny thing about those nets at USA '94 is that ultimately they weren't decided by like Baggio missing that, just an empty the net. Just oh, the World yeah. Cup is decided on the net not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> it begins with Diana Ross not kicking not, the ball in the episode, it not scoring the penalty, and it ends. Has anybody ever connected those dots? No. What a lovely oh. way to wrap up an amazing World Cup. So who's your goalie? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, should this point, you know, have you ever heard of the life and times of Tristan Shandy? Yeah. yeah. He never gets round to write should this whole podcast, <laughs> our attempt to fill a team, think, never Scott, actually be achieved? Scott's never chosen a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> this is his way of telling us he forgot yeah. to do the research. No, I've, I've, got, I've got my goalie. So okay. yeah, the, okay. the USA 94, great nets as we've discussed. Yeah. The surprise package, love a surprise package at a World Cup. Yeah. Maybe that's another topic we could do, best surprise packages. Yeah. But 94 is that all is about good. Bulgaria. Yeah. They get to the semis. Oh, and in choice. goal, they've got Borislav Mikhailov. Ah, oh, yes. He's a good goal. He's a fine goalie. He's the captain of this big surprise oh, is he package. The captain? No. I think he's the captain. No, surely Storichkov. Surely was the Storichkov. He was the he was the captain in '94. Was he? He? Wow. he was the captain in '94. I bet that went down well with Haristo. But the great thing about Borislav, in the World Cup in '94. Yeah. He has got magnificent head of hair. Yeah. Lovely, thick, luscious. Yeah. Have a look at the qualifiers, because he <laughs> is bald as a coot. <laughs> yeah. He has complete yeah, got male a... pattern better hair. Yes. He's also playing for Reading, I think, around this yeah, time. Yeah. Or, or, also, uh, surely he plays, I'd say, in the team that's got the most famous bald player, Jordan Lechko. Yeah. yeah. Who must have just been thinking, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why have you hung st- me out to dry? <laughs> Let's cover him. Have gone. Yeah, it's not that bad. That we'll both be bald at the World Cup. The <laughs> yeah. Mihailov's turned up in but- a syrup. <laughs> and that's this is before the days of hair transplants. So that's one hundred percent wig. The first training session. That's a brave captain that but, turns up. Yeah. The theatre of it, right? How do you how do you introduce that? It goes. It's night and day. If it's Michael, the moment when you're bald. If Michael turned up with hair today. <laughs> I would have mentioned it by then. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I would have done if I was him is I would have planted that seed. So I would have started with a very small wig that just yeah. gave me a bit more hair. <laughs> and then over the qualifiers, just built it up and built it up. So when I came in during the World Cup, people would be like, oh, right, that, that regain you're using is really, really working. Yeah. You can't just rock up day one. That is a great choice for the first one. Yeah. Okay. Josh, who have you gone for? My favourite goalie at a World Cup. 
Now, this isn't... There isn't a reason that's as clearly funny, but I just chose my favourite, which is Sergio Goicochea, who was the Argentinian goalie in 1990. Yeah. I should have an aside that I do also like another Argentinian goalie, Carlos Roa from 98, because he thought the world was going to end and he retired from football and went and lived on a farm for two years. I love that story. And then so came much. back to football because the world <laughs> hadn't ended. You don't get that with Jordan Pickford, do you? <laughs> well, he might, we don't he know. Um, yeah. Goyka Chair, so he was the reserve goalie to the main goalie at club and international level. Right. So there's Neri Pompido, who was the goalie in 1986, who got at club level, this wasn't why he was dropped in the World Cup, he got, for me, the greatest injury of all time uh, in training. Are you aware of how he no. almost lost his finger? No. It will stick with you forever. Oh, God. Neri Pompido almost lost his finger when he went to catch the ball and caught his wedding ring on one of the hooks on the crossbar. Oh, my oh. God. That is absolutely... Why have you told me that? That, 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 I'm, that for me... The moment you know that, you're never going to unknow that. During but training, what? did you say? During training, yeah, oh. no gloves. Is he not, no gloves? Oh, my God. But he's fine. Oh, my God. So is that why, why he, he didn't play uh, in Tally 90? No, Tally 90. He plays in the first game, Neri Pompido. Right. So you'll remember he totally is at fault for the Cameroon, the Cameroon goal. goal yeah. Awful, kind of fumbles it into the mm, net. Yeah. I'm not saying he has a bad World Cup. He does that, and then he breaks his leg 11 minutes in the second game. <laughs> So Goyke Chair, who's his, his reserve at club level, yeah. hasn't played a match in eight months, mm. comes on, and he is the best goalkeeper in that World Cup. I've never heard of him since. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. I went on his Wikipedia. It says, footballer stroke male model. <laughs> That's how cool he is. Comes on, and he... Th- that was the World Cup of awful penalty shootouts. Just yeah. rubbish games. Yeah. That was a terrible Argentina team, vile Argentina team. Yeah. He saved the penalties in the quarterfinal, the semi-final, when they beat Italy. Almost saved the penalty in the final. Failed to. Yeah. But he will always be my favourite goalkeeper at the World Cup. That Lovely. Is that, that and is lovely. I know nothing else about him. That horrific accident. I can totally see that as an episode of Casualty. He comes out. <laughs> he's not wearing gloves today. Knowing uh, uh, yeah. Casualty, like in the 90s, you could see the accident. Yeah. Granddad's up the ladder. It's yeah. a bit wonky. Yeah. Should you be up there? Yeah. Oh, he's got his wedding ring on. Oh. Those hooks on the goal. What? What's he doing putting his hand behind there? Tell you why, where that wouldn't have happened. USA 94, where the net would have... <laughs> Who you got, Michael? Well, speaking of USA 94, basically, because England weren't going to the World Cup, I was obsessed with USA 94. But you start looking into other players that aren't England players, and there were these trading cards that came out that me and my friend were obsessed with. And one of them was a diminutive little guy in a, a vibrant, multicoloured goalkeeper top by the name of uh, George J. George Campos. You nearly went went for the Mexican pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) And I was obsessed with this guy, primarily because they were like top trumps and they had all of the stats on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it said he was five foot six inches tall. (laughs) No! And it it blew my mind that someone that short. Could I be just remember something about. Obviously, we, we, I'm sure we'll come to the fact that we all know about Jorge Campos. <laughs> but um, I've just remembered that he, on International Superstar Soccer 64, yeah. so they didn't have the names, but he was the, uh, the Mexican goalie who was Jorge Campos with a different name. I think he was called George Campos on that. Um, he, he was goalkeeper stroke striker. Yeah, well, he was. He famously. could play up front. Yeah, really? yeah. 
Yeah, he'd play up front. Well, he not in a Shilavar yeah, way. You know, just unlocked some memory deep within. Yeah, my yeah. Mind. yeah. I remember well, Shilavar's like the famous goal scoring keeper because he was a set ball specialist. But Campos he used to play. I don't think. Well, he might have done it for Mexico, but at club level, he would during a game if they were winning, someone would come on and he would go and go on. He would go up front. And he wants if they were winning, if they he would like if they're one nil down, your, your first choice keeper doesn't then become a right, striker. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you know we're three nil up. This game so it's showboat. It's like when Ronnie O'Sullivan plays left handed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he he once scored twenty two goals in a season. Really? in the Mexican league. Yeah, twenty two goals. He must be an astonishing. I was thinking this about like Freddie Flint or something. He must be an astonishing athlete. Yeah. To be able to do two totally different kind of well, I th- I, th- I suspect and I don't know, but you know how certain goalkeepers started as outfield players, and he would play so far up the pitch because he was so good on the ball. Yeah, and he had that mad shirt. Like obviously we know about the kind of multi-color shirt, but I don't know if you remember it. Like he had these sort of flaps, flaps. under yeah. the arms where it looked like he was. You know those suits that people jump off cliffs with, and they sort yeah, of like yeah, yeah, fly. Yeah. It looked like he was wearing one of those. We, we should say because we keep going. The, the thing we're skirting around is that he designed his own goalkeeper top. Yeah, yeah. so he famously, he, yeah. He designed his own goalkeeper top. I mean, how do you start that conversation? <laughs> well, I think you, you give Bobby Gould a ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny that the, the two people in football that we know who have designed their own kits, Bobby Gould and Jorge Campos. <laughs> <laughs> Could you get it further apart in terms of glamour? His goalkeeper top, from what I remember, so it was very colourful, yellows. Yeah. He designed it in a way that... An eight-year-old would design their own clothes. Well, you say that, but I think in latter years there's been science into like distracting strikers, basically. It with, started like, no, but tra- also, it started it's not a, a trend thing because they can spot him off his line. But, like, there was a trend up until that point. Goalkeeper shirts were muted. Yeah, and then if you know from Jorge onwards, well, like, Seaman at Norfolk, yeah, Seaman at ninety-six, yeah. Yeah. Well, Higita actually at ninety had some pretty oh, did stylish. Like Higita, Sounds one of Higita's American. tops at Italian ninety looked like. He was in a sort of Eddie Murphy cop movie in the eighties, <laughs> and he was at like a fashion show. Like, but he had, I swear it had like shoulder pads. I can't or something. believe we haven't discussed Gita. It feels uh, like we should. I thought um, one of us was going to choose him. Uh, when yeah, you described sorry, that, I went then, with too personal a choice. When you described uh, Higita in the 1990 World Cup, I think the reference you were reaching for was uh, the cover of Rick James' Street Life album. Yes. With the red leather. That is a great reference. <laughs> Rick yeah. James and Rennie Higita. Are they the same person? Didn't also Rennie Higita, am I right in saying, I think he got involved in, he was either the go-between or one of the people. He got put in prison for kidnap, Rennie Higita. <laughs> yeah, He's mean. like... Properly, like, he's a real character. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say about Pablo but Escobar. That thing, we... <laughs> he's a real character. El Chapo. Yeah. Oh, you've got to meet this guy. Rennie Higuita in 1990 World Cup. I don't really, I'm not that fussed about his scorpion kick in a friendly. No. But okay. um, that 99 where he gets tackled by Roger Miller. Yeah, that Cameroon game. In extra time. He's almost on the halfway line. He's almost on the halfway line with the ball. Yeah. What advantage is that? Yeah. What is he doing? And he's, he deserves it. Well, he does. He takes sort of two or three t- unnecessary touches. It's not like it's a 50-50. He's got the ball. And yeah. he could have played it off at least two or three times before he gets tackled. He tries to beat his man. And I think that that's the thing about Central and Southern American goalkeepers. They are eccentric and flamboyant by the yeah. nature of life. And that, they are qualities you absolutely don't want in a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Like, all our goalkeepers, in his English goalkeepers, are the most boring people in, yeah. the, in the team. Your Siemens, your yeah. Bessens, your Shilton. Imagine yeah. Shilton designing his own shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... 
I think they're three great options. I think they all. So what are we doing? Are we going to put this out to a vote? People are going to decide. Yeah, and we'll do a results show at the end. So we'll tweet out the three options. Yeah, we'll put it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what your favourite option is, and at the end of this series of World Cup specials, we will select your slash our. So the options are again: Chris, Borislav Mikhailov, Sergio Goykachea. Jorge Campos. 100% Michael's got that in the bag. But we're not competing against each other. It's not a competition. No, it's not a competition. We just want to find our favourite. And basically, let's be honest, it's just a way for us to reminisce about the 90s. (laughs) So um, we will put that on Twitter now and all that. Um, That is players. We will also be doing other stuff it's not just players we're not we're not just doing that we'll be doing title sequences adverts songs etc 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 join us on Wednesday for that before we go we have a very quick quiz to decide the song to end it okay so these are mini quizzes based on 1990s world cups whoever wins gets to pick the song that plays out the show so this week is all about 90s world cup legend Roger Miller yes now at USA 94 as everyone knows he became the oldest goal scorer in world cup history but can you tell me to the year and day how old he was? Closest wins. Seconds, Chris. I'll go first. Okay, this is official age. You can add about six years on for the real age. <laughs> this is the Wikipedia <laughs> age. I think he was 42 yeah. and 233 days. I know he was 42, so that's annoyed me. Um, 42 and 200 days. Well, you were both very confident he was 42. He was actually 43. Oh! And three days. Oh. So, Chris is the closest uh, you win. So he, he bloody aged during the World Cup. <laughs> of course. Wow. Uh, so, what song would you like to play out the show? The official song of France 98 for England. Was it not the Spice Girls? And... And Echo and the Bonnet? And Embrace. And Embrace. I mean, how does that collaborate? I think they were called England, England United. <laughs> They put their differences aside. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that recording day when Danny McNamara, Ian McCulloch and Mel C. Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but I'd like this to play out. <laughs> right, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in a few days for a brand new episode featuring some other aspect of our Dream World Cup. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.